This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 226, recording this live, the first official day of spring. I know yesterday was actually the first day of spring, but this is the first full day of spring, March 21st. 2015. That's a Saturday. It is early in the morning. My name, Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in, can you believe it, snowy as hell, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Asif, what's it like over there? Uh, it's actually a little bit warm. Uh, the snow is gone. We got rain instead. Um, so, you. you know, it's uh, it's getting there. It's, you know, it's not quite, uh, you know, the spring that we all want yet, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're on the right path, let's just say. Asif, man, uh, for those of you out there listening or watching who maybe this is your first episode after the best show ever on number 225, why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Khan? I am Asif Khan, founder and president of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes, also known as the Deacon of Destination, the Lord of Location, right? Well, to you anyways, yes. yes. Well, <laughs> and to the few people that listen to this podcast, yeah. welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Toronto and to Canada. Man, that was a long road trip for you. Oh, man. Was it ever? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's like if it, it felt like two more than two whole weeks, but I know it wasn't that quite quite that long, but uh, it was a long time. That was a long time on the road. Uh, Vegas, know. Austin, back to Vegas, and then, and then home. So, yeah, it, it was long. And then, I think in Vegas, you know, like you could spend a day in Vegas and it could feel like two weeks. You you could. And, you know, the other thing about all of these kind of things is that uh, because you don't see the sun, right? Because in Vegas, you are always inside. They, yeah. they, they do that and they jam it full of oxygen so you don't even feel like you're sleepy. Like you were there for nine months. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, we haven't done an episode in nine months because you've been locked in Vegas somewhere. Yeah, some people have had kids while they were there and just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, any remnants uh, from uh, Retail Loco, that uh, thing that just happened a week ago, but it seems like a month ago? You know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, just so much good feedback coming out of it. Uh, I've had the number of emails and tweets and, and whatever, uh, all, all, all just positive stuff, people saying how much they... Uh, they appreciated the content and, and, and the great speakers that we had. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was just a really good vibe coming out of there. Looking for really looking forward to the next one in, in October uh, in Chicago. So Chicago. we'll be announcing the, the, the date for that uh, shortly. Um, you know, I did uh, two things that sort of happened on, on the, last, uh, the last day uh, while I was down there. First is, and this is an annual thing now, uh, so I, I've participated two years now in a row. Rogers, our uh, beloved uh, mobile operator carrier up here in Toronto, that uh, that both you and I use, um, you know, actually doing something good for a change. I'll say, <laughs> um, you know, um, we compl- we like to complain a lot about Rogers, but two things. One is, you know, uh, and we talked about this a little while ago. So they they recently, um, in the last, I guess, few months. I've announced this new roaming, uh, U.S. roaming uh, platform called Roam Like Home. So for five dollars a day, unlimited, uh, whatever you want, uh, voice uh, data, etc. It's basically like your phone never left its uh, its home zone here. It just you know it just acts like normal while in the U.S. And you just pay a flat fee of five dollars a day. So that's pretty awesome when you're spending you know inordinate amounts of time in the U.S. like I do. Um, and then for South by specifically on the Monday morning, this has become an annual tradition now. Monday morning, uh, you see my little button here. It says official Canadian uh, geek. Uh, they host a breakfast for anybody who's down there who's Canadian to kind of get together and uh, connect with each other. And, you know, I saw some people from Toronto that I know. I met some people from other parts of the country that I don't know. Got to hang out with some people from Lululemon out in Vancouver, for example. Um, so that was really, uh, really cool, uh, and I, I, I applaud them for doing that. Uh, um, so exciting times. The second thing is I got to walk the uh, trade show floor. I, I, I typically go down to South By, and I'm so busy 
getting ready for our own event and speaking at other people's events that it's, it's not till the very last day before I go that I actually get to walk around the trade show floor and look at some of the new technology and companies. One of the companies that, that I saw there uh, that had a, had a booth was uh, Looped. Uh, that's L-O-O-P-D. And this company we've talked about you know, in, in years past on this show, but they're still around. They've reinvented themselves. Uh, this, so this is what I'm wearing here. You see this little uh, necklace with the, with the little doohickey hanging down here. Well, so they, they've kind of focused now on um, indoor location, if you will, for events and conferences uh, in particular. And so uh, this is a wearable device that effectively uh, acts like a, a beacon, uh, if you will, and provides a lot of analytics around the movements of people on a trade show floor, uh, so if you're if you're you know if you're if you have a booth let's say at a trade show you don't have to worry about scanning badges or doing any kind of stuff you just log into a dashboard you can track where people are you can log your people versus you know visitors all that kind of stuff uh, so it's really interesting really simple uh, kind of cool it's not really in full production yet I was uh, I begged and pleaded and got one of their test units uh, so that's what I have here so uh, you know I want to th thank those guys for. Uh, for letting me do that, um, and um, you know, it, it's it was kind of them, but uh, you know, it, it's it's just good stuff. You know, I, I like to see companies that stick it out, find a niche, um, you know, and reinvent themselves. And, and in particular, to Thomas Harold and Brian Friedman, uh, two of the guys, uh, CEO and COO, um, that uh, that I, I got to actually meet in person. And by the way, they watch our show, Rob. They do not show, so uh, you know, we like them for that too. <laughs> that's that's the number one reason we like that. Number one reason we the like number that. one reason. Anybody who's watching the show, you're immediately number one in our books. All exactly. of you, tied for one, tied for number one. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool. I'm going to start to promote that around because I've got some companies that I've worked with that uh, are in the event space, and that could be very useful for them for volunteer management yeah. and, and such. So that's pretty cool. Looped. You can go. Uh, where where can you get information? It is called. As I do this on the fly, getloop.com. G-E-T-L-O-O-P-D.com. Getloop.com. Well, I um, you know, you know, I had a uh, a great week because I left uh, South by Southwest and then I jetted back home. And for the second time in a row, I've left Austin and then gotten in my car and driven down to Lake Placid to ski for a number of days. And that's what I did with my family over the March break. And it was amazing. It was a little bit chilly, not really quite spring skiing, but the, you know, Whiteface Mountain is such a glorious mountain because mm. it's so big, so well spaced out that you can have thousands of people on the mountain and it doesn't feel like that because there's never a lineup and they're so efficient. And I just skied two great days with my uh, sons, Jack and Ben, and my father, who is, uh, his name is Roy. He's 75 years old. He'll be 76 years this year. And uh, the man is a skiing machine. He was wow. out skiing us, That's which is which is great for me. Uh, like, hopefully the genes are strong uh, <laughs> and that passes down to me. Um, and then I'm growing a little scruff here because tonight, on, on Saturday night, this is a ridiculous idea, but uh, we have sold my mother's house. And, and uh, the closing date is April 1st. So we are saying farewell to that house of many, many, many years, 29 years of memory um, uh, in that house. Uh, you know, I never really lived there, but uh, my mother and, and all my other siblings lived there. And, and uh, we bought it in 1986. So we are having a 1986 party. So I have to dress like I was in 1986. There you go. I was 16 years old. I had a goatee, like a fro, mullet jeans. Yeah, not a mullet, but a pretty bad... <laughs> Pretty bad fro. Um, it's not something that I'm proud of. Maybe I was back then in the day. Uh, but trust me, there are going to be some uh, bandanas and curly hair happening tonight at this party. I can't well, wait to do it. Look I'll, forward to the photos from that, Rob. Photos and uh, maybe a little bit of video. We'll see. I'll meerkat that son of a bitch too, right? <laughs> Any, anything for followers. Anyways, yeah, it was a great it was a great week, and I'm so uh, you know thankful um, to be able to be a part of retail logos. I had, I had a blast. And, and part of that was that, uh, Joe Chase, uh, from, uh, Think Near got me a t-shirt here from Think Near. They sponsor the show. They sponsor on tether.tv and, and, uh, I'm, I'm wearing it and I'm representing Think Near. Um, love that company. Love what they do. And I love the fact that they send me clothes. I'm waiting for the sweatpants and then I'll have a full outfit. I'll be like Think Near outfit. So yeah, I want to thank Joanne. If you're watching this, thank you for the shirt. Think near. There you go. All right, we got a big show. A big show today. Our top 10 stories of the week. We got a, our big theme, which you will see very prominently come through it, is all about facial recognition and what is the future of this thing? How is it going to work? Can it work? 
we've got a, a number of stories uh, in our top 10 that are around facial recognition. So you want to stick around for that discussion. We do not have a guest today. We're just going to cruise through the top 10 stories and into our big story of the week. Um, are you ready to... Actually, I, I want to find out first before that what's going on with the LBMA. You've got a couple of events coming up. You're back on the road this week, Asif. I am. I am. Just Good two job. events this week that uh, I want to highlight because uh, I, I think they're, they're both really important uh, from, from our point of view. First is... We have a, a little event happening in Dallas, the, the Dallas chapter uh, in partnership with Coupon You're going back Media. to Texas? Yeah, back to Texas. I know, crazy. <laughs> so this is the uh, Tuesday evening, the 24th, uh, just a little networking meetup on the eve of the uh, BIA Kelsey National Conference, which is happening uh, in Dallas at the Western Galleria. So we're hosting a little drinks meetup uh, thanks to the wonderful sponsorship of Coupon Media. Uh, so uh, TJ and Brad and that whole crew over there, we thank you for, for that uh, and look forward to hanging out uh, on Tuesday evening. And then on Wednesday, I fly over to L.A. Um, for uh, early, early Thursday morning uh, breakfast uh, meeting uh, by a group called Think L.A., Really, uh, really excited about that one. It's a, it's a fantastic group. Um, uh, it's a huge organization, this Think LA group that has hosts these meetups. Uh, Factual will be there. XAD will be there. Uh, you know, so many of our great uh, our great members uh, will be participating in that. Uh, uh, Think near also, by the way. Uh, uh, so yeah, it, it'll be uh, it, it's going to be a fun one. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to moderating that panel discussion. So. Yeah, so there you go. So uh, evening of the 24th at Dallas, uh, morning of the 26th in, uh, in L.A. Uh, check them out if you're around. Uh, all that stuff is on thelbma.com forward slash events. Well, let's jump into the top 10 stories, shall we? And I get to start it off this week. So here we are, the top 10 stories this past week. Not so fast. Before we get to those stories, we need to get paid. So here is a message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you in part by ThinkNear. Here's Lauren Hilberg, president and GM of ThinkNear by Telnav, to remind us what they do. ThinkNear is a location-based advertising network. We provide our clients and customers a great opportunity to get their advertising directly to the individuals who are most likely to act on it. Part of the beauty of what ThinkNear does is to help use location to find your audience and then put the right message in front of them at the right time, at the right place. I know what you're asking, will this work for me? Brett Cohn, VP of Marketing at ThinkNear has that covered. Every mobile campaign has the ability to leverage location to do a better job of reaching your audience. ThinkNear worked with a large CPG company that has a health-focused cereal brand to help pinpoint their audience by city and then by neighborhood. Brett again on how that was set up. People who might be visiting Tahoe to ski in some of our ads in the, in the Northern California area. Southern California, we talked about um, King Can King's Canyon and other outdoor uh, adventure areas near that locality. And what you start to see is you're hitting a, a specific neighborhood that fits your audience. You're contextualizing the ad creative to make it more relevant to the user. And you start to see higher click rates as well as higher secondary action rates because the ad's more relevant in hitting their audience. Think near, keeping you fit one ad at a time. And now back to the show. Let's jump into the top 10 stories, shall we? And I get to start it off this week. So here we are, the top 10 stories this past week. Story number one, uh, I, here's a great story. I have checked in many times and I don't use Foursquare, but I, I, you know, when I'm sending something to Instagram or something like that, I will actually check in with Foursquare. Um, and I checked in to Whiteface a number of times over the last week, uh, Whiteface Mountain. And uh, look what I got, Asif. And now, for those of you who are only listening to this, you will not know what this is, but this is, it's a picture of a cat. It's an email with a picture of a cat. <laughs> and this is actually, uh, I got an email. It says, you've leveled up to local mind recruit at Whiteface Mountain. Local mind. Okay, remember Local Mind. I do. So I sent a note to Lenny Rachitsky, who is the guy who founded Local Mind, and uh, he has been since acquired by Airbnb and is ensconced in Airbnb. And this was, I mean, he was acquired maybe two years ago, two plus years ago. Um, and it's relevant to this first story. So let me get there. Anyways, I sent him a note, and he's like, he was so surprised that it was still working. But it's a picture of a cat with pom poms dancing around because it's basically, uh, I've uh, become a re recruiter at Whiteface Mountain. And what Local Mind was all those years ago was a way that you could find out what was going on in a specific location at the time that you wanted to know what was going on. So with the lineups, we've talked about Local Mind many times in early episodes, like check season two. 
uh, and we talked about it. And now we're starting to see some of these companies emerge that were doing what Local Mind did. And one of those companies is called Space, S P A Y C E. Go to space.me. Now, this is an app that is really geared towards universities and colleges, but it is really about sharing memories with your friends. It's a social network uh, done almost in real time where you can actually contribute to a location's uh, IQ, I suppose, by saying, listen, we're here, taking photos, taking videos, and sharing them up with your social network. And then if you are not in that location, you can actually see what's going on inside of that location. So you literally have an ability to share in real time what's going on in a place uh, with your friends. And the way that they described it, space lets you capture the small moments in your life and share them with friends and people nearby. This is very much to me, what the essence of local mind was without the kind of interaction, but you could see mm -hmm. what's going on and where your friends are in real time. And this is geared towards, um, really very geared towards universities and colleges. And, uh, you know, there's a number of them. It was said it was founded in a small dorm room in Harvard. Now that's uh, hundreds of campuses across the country. Sounds very familiar, like Facebook. Um, but this is one of these social networks that is emerging. Very f uh, photo friendly, photo uh, focused. And it is, I, I'm going to assume that it's going to take off a little bit. Great reviews online. The challenge that I have here is yet another social network. Now, Instagram yeah. does this. Facebook already does this. The combination of Instagram and Facebook, because they are one, does all of this. Do we have room for another social network called Space? Uh, and I don't know if it can reach the critical mass that uh, that it ha that it can. But then you've also got Snapchat, and they've mm -hmm. got all these other services that are laid on top with hundreds of millions of users. And is uh, the strategy of going after campuses the appropriate one? I don't know. I don't know. But this is this is called Space. Space.me. Got a thought on these guys, Asif? Yeah, you, you know, um, I, I don't know either, but 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 I'll say I'll say that uh, you know I think if you if you if you got a shot at this in terms of growing this, I, I would think the university and college campus strategy is probably a good start. It worked once. Kind of build, building a user base. It said, it said in the article I read they're adding above five thousand users a day right now. Is that enough though? Like when you start uh, to think about yeah, I don't know, right? But but it's you know, and they've raised a bit of money, and uh, you know, we'll see. But it's uh, this kind of content is valuable content. Yep. Uh, it, it's um, you know the real time nature of it. I think is really interesting. But uh, as you say, Facebook and Instagram, they're they're in this space already. The thing I think maybe you have going here is that uh, you know it, uh, Facebook is is definitely in a decline from a demographic point of view in this target market. Um, so maybe there is room. Because the parents have emerged on Facebook. Yeah, the parents all on Facebook now. Yeah, it's all it's all about you know pictures of your kids and your, uh, you know your dog and your whatever now. Uh, but this, um, this is a weird spot because it's kind of right between Facebook, like it's exactly like Facebook, exactly like Instagram. Yeah. Um. And uh, but it's also kind of on the fringe of of something um like Snapchat or something like yeah. that, right? And and I think that um, you know maybe there is a sweet spot in there. But it's always a challenge to get people to download this, and five thousand a day might seem like a lot. Like that, I would love that those numbers. But when you're when you're fighting against the tide of uh, some of the big guys, Instagram's mm -hmm. numbers are still going up, right? Yeah. So Facebook might be in decline, but it's hard to maintain the growth that Facebook was on. You know, one point four billion people using it, a billion people a month using it over mobile. Crazy. Like it's nuts. So it's hard to keep that momentum going. So growth is going to slow. And early days for a company like this, growth will skyrocket because if you have 5,000 one day and you have 10,000 the next day, those mm. are good numbers. But at some point it'll level off. And the question is, can they actually keep people coming back and, and getting value out of it? If you could take something like this and, and connect it to, uh, you know, from a content creation point of view to say like the Apple Watch. Yep. Oh yeah, right. or Tinder, or something yeah. like that, right? Like, you know, tie, tie the growth to you know what's about to hit uh, on that, right? In terms of you know people people buying the watch and see where see where that goes. But anyway, so the challenge though with these guys is that they're asking people to sign up and become friends and friend them. So yeah, they're not yeah. using any of the other social graph, you know, and, and maybe that's a good thing or not. I think personally, if you're going to build a company that you want to maintain, you you build your own social graph. You don't you leverage have, others, right? So I like that approach. That. We keep saying this. Yeah, don't be don't be Facebook's bitch here, and, and that's why I like what they're doing here. The challenge is is that they're doing it independently, and that's always a challenge to find users. But you know, a good start. And from what I see, the, the reviews on Facebook or the reviews on iTunes for or the App Store for this are you know four and a half stars, 170 reviews. People are saying that this is terrific. So. Go, go, go. There's always room for a new innovative company. And you, you see that as some of these guys emerge out of nowhere. So space.me, S-P-A-Y-C-E dot me, and you can download it from iTunes. Go. All right. All right. 
our second story right over here to, to the Great White North. Uh, 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 we have a phenomenal retailer up here called Marksworth Warehouse. Uh, these guys sell all sorts of uh, you know outerwear and uh, shoes and workwear and, and so on. Uh, they're owned by Canadian Tire. Uh, everybody knows Canadian Tire. Even if you're not Canadian, you should know who Canadian Tire is. Uh, I, you know, like you talk about retailers coming and going up here in Canada. This, these guys, you know, they'll be around forever. I, I think. Um, you know, they're just the you know the you know the symbol of Canadian retail. Anyhow. So they own this company called Markship Warehouse, and as I say, they, they sell all this kind of outerwear and, and uh, cold weather clothing and, and, and stuff for people working, you know, uh, construction and so on. And uh, they ran this really cool campaign. So Astral Out, Outdoor, Astral Out of Home is, is one of the big um, out of home, uh, digital out of home and, and traditional out of home uh, media companies here in Canada. They're owned by Bell, uh, the mobile operator. And these guys, together with Mark's work, have come up with a, uh, a pretty interesting uh, promotion. So they took 40 digital out-of-home transit shelter uh, advertising uh, setups. Uh, so, you know, regular bus shelters with digital screens on the side of them. And they ran a 10-second ad um, on, on it, which had real-time uh, temperature readings showing on this. So basically, the message would be would pop up. You'd see the the current temperature. Nothing really cool about that. But what's cool about it is is this is the winter in Canada, and so what they did was is for you know when you saw that it was minus. Uh, this is in centigrade, people for for our American friends out there. When you saw it was minus 15 on on the the reading on this thing, well you got a 15 percent discount at Marks Warehouse. When it was minus 20, you got a 20 percent discount. So they actually used the the, the actual real temperature to uh, determine the value of the discount that uh, that you get uh, when you go to shop at Marks Warehouse. So I think it's really really simple, but really cool kind of you know leveraging uh, you know the uh, the temperature and, and sort of the nature of Canadian uh, weather and, and what's going on up here to kind of bring some uh, some fun to uh, to shopping at Marks Warehouse. Really interesting. <laughs> I'm still not praying for minus twenty though. Yeah, no. I mean, but in Ottawa, I mean, in Ottawa, you could save 30, 40% probably. <laughs> it's been, right now it's minus 20 and it's the first day of Mar of spring, right? This is, yeah. uh, so yes, I'm, uh, <laughs> but I'm still not praying for that just for discounts. Please let it be minus 20 so I can get 20% off my purchase. Please, please. No. So there you go. No, no, no. That's, but it is so Canadian of them. I like that. Yes. All right, uh, and you know what? Uh, here in, in Ottawa, where the Ottawa Senators play, it's the Canadian Tire Center, and, and they actually take Canadian Tire money. Now, Canadian Tire money has been, like, it's a legacy. It's, like, basically Canada's second currency here. Mm. And every time you buy um, something from Canadian Tire, they give you these Canadian Tire dollars, and they're literally dollars. And I have a stack of them. And you, yeah. you get, like, a stack like this, and it's, like, $8, right? But uh, they're accepting Canadian Tire money for, <laughs> at the concession stands. Isn't that hysterical? Well, they're trying, they're trying to get it off the street now, right? Like, they're... Yeah. They're, I mean, they're going completely digital with that. Um, takes away the, it takes away the character, though, man. Yeah, the entire money at the it's, end of the day. You know, yeah. A number of charities that have uh, grown up around here that are based on collecting Canadian tire money are. Uh, are it's insane. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd like to see the tally of that, but uh, that's there's nothing more Canadian than Canadian Tire, at all. Right. All right. Our third story. Uh, you know, we've covered this. Uh, was it Nivea that did the uh, the you, you yes. highlight this right where they actually you can rip out a uh, Bluetooth band. Um, and track your kids on the beach. Well, here's a company that is actually trying to build a, a company out of this. It's called Ambit Networks. And uh, they've got a product out there that is now on Indiegogo called Ambigear. And it's a smartwatch for kids. Now, the way that this works is quite literally, it's a big hulking smartwatch, as you'll see in the, some of the photos and videos that I got playing. And what this what this literally does is you strap it onto your kids. It's like a watch. And it allows you um, within a number of meters, like 250 meters by Bluetooth, 500 meters by Wi-Fi, to be able to connect and communicate and find your kid. So if you're playing at a park, you can strap this on and then go and run around. And then you can actually track them on an app. But what's cool about it is that you can also send them messages like, hey, Jack, hey, Ben, it's time to come home. Come back to me. And then they can actually use it to find you. So if you're out you know, having a drink at a bar, 
car and you drop the kids off at the uh, at the park, I suppose that's what this is for. Uh, they can find you at the bar and pick you up and carry you home. Now nice. this is yeah, this is for seven ages, kids seven or three to eleven years old. And the other thing it allows you to do is put some games on it. So you can do scavenger hunts. You can download games and put them on, and, and it, it can keep them occupied. Uh, this is a, a pretty cool thing. Uh, it's going to be available for iPhone five, five S, all the way from five, all the way to six plus. It's also on Android. It but and and this you know one of the things that I was worried about is battery consumption. So basically, it, it can go up to seven days on a single charge if that's what you're interested. It's, uh, it does long range blue. Bluetooth. So you can actually use this across the city as well, as long as it's within 500 meters of a some Wi-Fi connection, or it has uh, you know it's close to your phone, which is 250 meters with long-range Bluetooth. Um, so it, it covers all of that, so you don't have to worry about it not actually finding your children. Mm. Um, now I do not condone that you drop your kids off at the park and go and have a bunch of drinks. But what was interesting about this, Asif, is that they. Um, they went on to Indiegogo and only wanted to raise $12,000. Like, that seems like a very small amount of money to yeah. be able to do this. Um, you know, especially because it does all of those things. And I think that the video cost and the production cost that they put into the video on Indiegogo was cost probably more than $12,000. But they're close to actually having it. This product is supposed to retail about $129 US. And uh, you can go and, uh, you know, you can find them on Indiegogo. Uh, or you can go to... Would be a good place to go to for these guys. I just go and support them on Indiegogo, um, yeah. and uh, so just do a search for Ambigear, the coolest smartwatch for kids on Indiegogo. I like it. It's really cool. I, I like the uh, there's like a rewards piece type. Yeah. To this. Like, Gamification so like, is cool. Kind of like they took the the keep concept and kind of applied it in here too, right? Where you can create um, uh, you know challenges uh, for your kids to to earn uh, you know rewards points basically all day like basically uh, they day, want you to yeah. wear this all day and yeah and so it's kind of like a good way to keep them motivated too uh, you know to get their chores done or whatever I like it you know my kids would you remember, remember we covered chore monster on this yeah. yep. show? so my kids uh, we stopped doing that here uh, you know um, it, it worked for a little while uh, they kind of get them to do their chores but. You know, it's just it got it got a little cumbersome, but you know, I could see something like this kind of being you know a, sort of a new way to do that. Um, yeah, I'd be willing to try this out with my kids. So would I. See how it works. So, you know, if the Ambit guys want to send us, you know, we both have two kids each, so if they want to send us some watches, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll test this out. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll bring our kids on the show. We'll let we'll them. We'll follow them around for a day. Yeah, yeah, I like that because when the kids wake up in the video um, on the Indiegogo site, uh, you know, the kids wake up and they see what their their task list is for the day based on the watch, and and I think that it it, it would be a great novelty. But just like every novelty, like you found out, it'll yeah. it'll wear thin after a while, and then it'll be just back to the old. In a minute, in a minute, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Just gotta finish this game, Dad. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm almost done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ambit Networks, Ambigear, uh, check them out on Indiegogo and uh, support them. They've got a number of days left, at, and they're like they're you know basically ninety six percent of the way there, and they got thirteen days left as of this recording. So yeah. Ambigear. Good. Well, this this will push them over the edge. Right? That's right. <laughs> They'll get their last. Being on this show, but they need uh, basically uh, 500, 400, $453. So <laughs> let's, let's let's get them over that twelve thousand. Get it done, people. All Come right. on. <laughs> All right. Next story. Our fourth story is, uh, you know, Glimpse. This is a company that you know you and I love. Uh, they've been around forever. They're like one of the original pioneers in location sharing and data, uh, and they just continue to find ways to uh, you know to to remain relevant. Uh, the latest is, uh, and, you know, Brian Trussell and his team over there. Like these guys, it's a super smart team he's got. And so what they've released now is a new uh, service called Glimpse for Autos. This is specific for Android at the moment. Uh, it's all about drivers sharing their location, say, with their families, uh, you know, uh, in real time uh, as they're driving home or wherever they are. All you have to do is so simple. You just turn the app on, uh, tell, tell the app who you want to share your location with, sets a timer, and you start driving. Um, it just runs in the background. Uh, you know, whoever you've shared that with can follow you uh, in in real time, and they don't need to have the app uh, to do that. It's uh, it, only you have to have the app uh, to do that. So it's kind of cool. They also have this integrated directly with uh, um, dashboards of ten of the major car manufacturers, including Mercedes, BMW, Ford, Volvo, and Jaguar, Land Rover. Uh, and they've recently added Peugeot and Volkswagen. So um, they're using a technology called the MirrorLink interface to do this. Um, so hey, there you go. Glimpse for autos, uh, specific to Android, and now available in ten major cars. 
I, I like Glimpse a lot. Uh, this is reminiscent of a story that we covered like a number of years ago. I think it was Volkswagen that had the always connected car that actually told yeah. people. Is, so this is an idea that has been coming for a couple of years. And I like the idea. I mean, we talk about this even at Retail Local about the car being uh, an object now on the yes. network and start to leverage it. And, and, uh, and you know, as a parent who in, in eight years, their kids are going to be driving. I like this idea that I can actually, that this will be standard in every car in eight years from now. Something like this, right? Where we can track the, where yeah. the car is going. Um, I, I, I like this a, a lot. I love Glimpse as a company. And this is, make no bones about it. They're going to make money off of data here, aren't they? Like this is this is all data. This is a huge data play. This is about traffic patterns, about yeah, your this consumption. This is the kind of thing that you know our good friends up here in Canada, at BlackBerry. You know, <laughs> uh, you know they the one thing that's keeping BlackBerry alive is is the fact that they're you know still from a software point of view controlling a lot of the car uh, OS. Um, and this is the kind of thing that they should be bringing into that. Right, go buy Glimpse, people. Go buy Glimpse. There you go. <laughs> Blackberry, go buy Glimpse. Go buy Glimpse. I thought that the uh, Canadian uh, government was the only thing that keeping Blackberry alive. Yeah, well, oh. uh, yes. All right. That's cool. Glimpse for autos. We like Glimpse. We'd like Blackberry to survive too. But we do. Merit. Yeah, Rob, you, you going to smile for me? I'm going to smile for you here. Did I just send you some money? <laughs> Did I buy yeah. something? Yeah. Look, I'm buying something. I'm buying something right now. Is that the right smile? I have a crook smile, so it's like, eh. mm. and that is our fifth story. Alibaba, Jack Ma, man, this a facial recognition to pay with a smile. That's what they're trying to do right now. So basically, this is a story that that emerged out of, I think it's CBIT, where yes. um, where Jack Ma was on stage demonstrating this uh, technology to, with the ability to basically hold your phone in front of you. Uh, do the whole thing, like all the commerce stuff that we're talking about as well, and actually just hit a button and say, pay with your smile. And you hold it in front of you like this, like I'm doing now. Smile into the camera, does a facial recognition, as you're seeing on the video. And then basically it says, yeah, you've purchased it. So you pay with a smile. This is a service that is only, that is not available yet. Before I come here, search on the Alibaba internet, the e-commerce site. We found a stamp, which is 1948. Hanover Messi Export. And the second year of the Hanover, it's a souvenir step selling online for 20 euros. So we're gonna buy it now. And how do you buy it? We just press buy, and it's the face recognition. Ah, it works. So in six days, we are going to confirm. All right. In six days, this stamp will be delivered to the mayor office of Hanover as the gift online. Um, and uh, it looked like, if you're watching the video, it looked like Jack Ma basically, uh, you know, didn't really know how to use it on stage. And uh, I did not hear any applause. It was probably bewilderment about why anybody in their right mind would ever want to do this. Um, but it literally, <clears throat> you pay with a smile. Uh, my, my, my assumption is that this will never see the light of day because they're talking about a uh, late 2017 rollout. And by then, man, the world will have changed again. And who in yeah. the hell wants to pay with a smile? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and they launched this at CBIT. Right? CBIT, like, no. I mean, uh, the last time I, I used to go to CBIT every single year, yeah. you know, but uh, I think the last time I went to CBIT, uh, this is uh, one of the biggest trade shows on the planet, uh, happens in Hanover every year, Hanover, Germany. And I, and I think the last time I went there was probably like 2006, maybe. <laughs> uh, and uh, what's that? It just passed its day. I, yeah. It seems like that to me, right? Yeah. It's you know, like if you brought this pay with a smile to South by Southwest, you'd probably you'd get laughed right off the stage. <laughs> you would absolutely right? you get paid right off the stage. Yeah. You would get, the weird thing is that it's like you know, paying with a smile. The last thing uh, you know, I've I've gone through the um, grocery line, right? And I've got a family of four, and I'm I, like I'm just all I hear is like I get that beep phobia. It's like scan beep scan beep, and I'm like, oh my god, this has cost me a fortune. And the last thing that I want to do is try to bring a smile to my face. But you know what? I, maybe there's an emotional uh, play here. Is that you know maybe by smiling to pay, you feel good about what you bought. So there's less mm. buyer's remorse and less and fewer returns. So maybe there's a psychological play, something psychological here at play. But um, pay with a smile. 
uh, I give that a big fat zero. <clears throat> Not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. Nice try, Jack. Nice try. Alibaba. Uh, uh, all right. On, on to a really good story. Um, Very good this story. This is over, over to the UK, uh, a, a UK charity called Women's Aid, which is all about, um, you know, sort of uh, pointing out the issue of uh, abuse uh, of women is uh, has done something uh, that I think is just phenomenal uh, in terms of marketing execution. Uh, so they teamed up with a uh, one of the out-of-home providers, Ocean Outdoor, uh, to create uh, an out-of-home digital out-of-home campaign uh, to bring attention to the issue of of of, of, uh, of abuse of women. And so basically, what this thing is is picture digital uh, screen. You've probably seen the video there if if you're watching this on uh, on 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 video. If you're not, I'll describe it to you. But basically, giant digital out-of-home billboard. Uh, with a picture of a abu uh, abused woman with two two black eyes and bruises all over her face and cuts and abrasions, uh, who's obviously been beat up. And um, the uh, uh, what happens here is is that you know we want people to pay attention. We want people to look at this woman. Um, and by looking at this woman, by by you know walking by and turning your head and, and looking at this poster, uh, you can actually heal her. And so the way this works is, is there's a camera that sits above the, uh, the out-of-home billboard. Uh, the camera's capturing, uh, from a facial recognition point of view, when somebody turns their head and stares at this, uh, at this poster. And then on the bottom of the screen, uh, they've taken a, some of the real estate and created this ticker that shows uh, actual uh, live captures of all the people on the street who are looking at this woman right now. And the more people that look at her, the faster she heals. So in real time, her face starts to heal. Um, and so the idea is, is the more attention we pay to this issue, the, you know, the, the more people we can save uh, from suffering from, from, from this kind of uh, uh, affliction. And, and so it, it's, it's amazing. I, th I think it's so well done. Uh, and there's a sort of in addition to that being, you know, very much about location and being, being there to see it. Um, they, they take it a step further. They employed the Weave uh, platform. So, you know, we all know about uh, Weave, the, the uh, mobile operator collaboration between Vodafone Orange uh, and O2, which is all about uh, opted in geo-targeted SMS. So if you, if you participate in the Weave platform, you receive a text uh, message uh, encouraging you to make a, a small donation uh, of a dollar or so. Uh, to support uh, this charity. Uh, so they've tied it all together. It's all about location uh, and drawing attention to the issue. Uh, it happened, uh, I think, in three locations. Uh, Canary Wharf, uh, Birmingham Building, Westfield, London, uh, all, uh, all participated in this. So phenomenal work. Uh, Women's Aid Charity uh, brought to you by uh, Ocean Outdoor and uh, WCRS, which is the agency that created this. Phenomenal. Yeah. Bravo. That's a very effective use. When I saw that in one of your presentations this past week, it just, it's uh, incredible the impact that that will have um, yeah. on everything. And uh, that's what we talk about, social social good happening right there. Yeah. Ocean Outdoor. Amazing. Yeah, very, very good. All right, from one good story to a, a head scratcher, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation around. We talked about it a lot over South by Southwest. There's a lot we heard about is the Apple Watch and, and uh, certainly the high-end Apple Watch and what this means to the high-end watchmakers, the Swedish high-end watchmakers, the European high-end watchmakers. So uh, Tag Air uh, announced uh, recently that they are going to launch a smartwatch into this world. And I, I think that this is a trend that everybody will will jump on very quickly. Now, this watch that uh, Tag Air is going to put out is um, is going to compete with Apple in that high end watch because that's where their watches are. It's a high end uh, brand, and so you know above ten thousand dollars U.S. Um, they're going to launch this at the end of uh, of this year. That's what they say they're going to be doing, and they're going to be using it um, as a very expensive watch using the Android platform as opposed to anything else. Um, and now, what they're also saying is that uh, you know. The arrogance of this industry is crazy, Asif, simply because they feel that, that they own this place and that there's no technology that can come in and, and, and take over uh, what is going on. I want to play this clip uh, that's uh, courtesy of CNBC and uh, what they think about what's going to happen with, with Apple and, and the watches. And then I'm going to come back and just have a quick conversation on this. So watch this clip and, and you'll see the arrogance uh, by a whole bunch of old white guys talking about watches. Apple Watch hasn't even hit stores, but it's a hot topic among some of the world's leading watchmakers. 
At the annual Basel World Trade Show, Swiss watchmakers were busy asking whether the industry should be worried by Apple's move into their space. The president of LVMH's watch division and CEO of Tagair, Jean-Claude Bivet, told CNBC that Apple's new technology simply can't be compared to a Swiss watch. Can it be repaired in 1,000 years? Can it be repaired, let's make it easy, in 80 years? Can your children wear the watch? No. Why? Because it will not work anymore. <laughs> the technology will be gone. The president of another leading Swiss watchmaker, Longines, said a smartwatch was simply out of the question. We respect those brands who have the courage to go into this field. Longines will not go into this field. We stay our traditional analog watches. We believe a watch today is not only giving time, but it's a status symbol. And a status symbol, I don't think you'll get status symbol having an Apple with a two billion functions that nobody understands because there are so many. But some Swiss watchmakers are following the technological trends. Mondain is the first Swiss company ready to launch their own smartwatch. It's a combination of both analog and digital technologies. Its co-president saying the Apple Watch should herald in a new opportunity for the industry. I think there are many young people, they never wear a watch. They will jump onto a display type of smartwatch and will become first time wearable people or people with wearable items. I think the whole market is invigorated. I think it will be expanding. I think it's something positive. So as Apple prepares its April launch, Swiss watchmakers will be keeping an eager eye to see if the future may rest with a 21st century timepiece or if the 18th century model still ticks. Phil Hahn, CNBC. You Basel. saw the CEO of Tag Air talk about this, saying that, listen, you know what, we're not afraid of these. And, and he says, in a quote in a story, uh, he says, the difference between the Apple Watch and the Tag Air Watch is very important. One is called Apple and one is called Tag Air. Uh, you know, Asif, I don't even know what to say about this. You know, people are getting into this thing. They don't understand this industry. One of the greatest uh, analysts quotes that I've ever heard is that, hey, idiots, uh, millennials aren't wearing watches. So everybody who is wearing your watch right now is going to die with your watch on. And then everybody else emerging into the watch market, thanks to Apple, will be wearing an Apple watch or a Google watch. Uh, I, I, I just don't understand. I've heard these arguments so many times before that they're not worried about Apple. And I think everybody wasn't worried about Apple when they were on their deathbed. Now everybody should be worried about Apple simply because they are Apple and they are the most valuable company on the planet. They're heading to a trillion dollar valuation. They've disrupted every single industry that they've set their mind on and these guys the arrogance to think that they're not going to be able to do that they're just going to bypass apple's influence is crazy to me is crazy to me crazy to me maybe the form faction maybe the apps aren't i don't agree with apps on the watch particularly particularly I, I don't think that that's a good way to go but they're going to evolve remember the first iphone it was bad remember the last iphone it was awesome now remember the first apple watch it won't be great the next yeah. apple watch and the next apple watch will be better and boy oh boy i just i hate the arrogance of these guys to think that they can just continue their business as usual when the world around them is changing and that's what I think about these guys. So they announced this watch, but I think that it's just bluff because if you watch that video, if you listen to them, they're like, we're not worried. And I bet you we're going to be having this conversation in two years as Tag Air gets purchased or goes out of business because of this. Is that possible? Um, not for you. You want, you wear these watches, but I, I just think that's watches, right. So, um, you know, like, and I've said, I've said publicly, you know, the, the challenge for me is just like, I, I wear a watch every day and, and I, and I do collect these, the, you know, these watches, right. This is one of the few things I actually spend money on is, is, is on, uh, is on watches like this. And, um, you know, so, so I, I like I've already, you know, I'm like with you, I'm all over the Apple watch right now. I, you know, we're both ready to go and, and pre-order. Um, you know, so I will, I will absolutely do that. Um, but you know, I'm challenged, right? Because you know, what do I do? Do I wear an Apple Watch over here and, and my my tag on the other side? Um, no, I can't do that, right? It, it's you know, there's a there's a difference between you know these these other watches are are as much about fashion uh, as they are. Uh, you know, f you know about anything else. They're definitely not about you know function compared to what Apple's gonna is gonna deliver over here. So um, 
yeah, I'm with you. I think this this is this is ridiculous how how they're looking at the market and and thinking that Apple's not a threat. Uh, it absolutely is. It's gonna it's gonna kill uh, significant market share uh, for these guys. You know, the reality is 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 I would love to see a statistic, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna venture a guess to say ninety percent, ninety percent probably plus of the people who own Tags and Cartiers and Movados and and you know Tissos and all all those watches uh, out there, you know, are um, Apple customers. Yes. Right. They have iPhones and they have MacBooks and they have Apple TV. Uh, these are these are not PC people. These are Apple people, yep. um, uh, because you know they, it's the same category yeah. uh, of, of, of you know sort of brand affinity. And so, because they're already Apple customers, they're going to buy an Apple Watch because they're about the Apple ecosystem. As am I. There's nothing I own that is not Apple, right? As far as that kind of stuff is concerned. So. So you know, when I think about it from that point of view, I mean, these guys are just—they're just, just going to get hammered. They're going to get hammered, right? And and they won't disappear. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like these guys are—you know—these companies have been around for hundreds of years. Their brands are worth a Doesn't lot of matter, money. Doesn't matter though, man. Remember uh, when Sotheby's when when eBay bought Sotheby's? Yeah. Like, not, I mean, they won't disappear. They'll be around. They'll be a niche market, but but their market share is going to severely diminish. If they can't attract the young buyer, right? The young affluent buyer. Because they're now, uh, they understand the value that you're going to eventually get from a watch that's digitally connected. Um, they, they, they're going to lose out on this market share. You have to, I mean, Apple understands that they've been seeding people in grade school with, you know, with Macs. So that when they graduate from university and they buy the first computer, it's going to be a Mac product, an Apple product. So the same thing here with these, these high-end watch guys is that there is a way... There is an amazing way that they could take their high-end brands and add some digital smarts into that, their high-end mm. watches, and add some digital smarts. It doesn't have to look like the Apple Watch. It doesn't have to be app-based, but they should be absolutely innovating in this space and not just saying that, hey, we are Swiss makers. Now, they say that they can't say that. What did they say? That They say that they cannot um, uh, actually call it a Swiss timepiece. They have to do it like a uh, something else because it's going to have the Android guts. But uh, but they can be building something of their own that is unique to their brand and to their product and 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 add some digital con uh, something connectivity to it. But they're not. They're just saying la 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 la. Oh yeah, we'll get to it by 2016. Yeah. By the end of this year. And they say it can't be Swiss made. Is because what they say is that Swiss made is normally engraved in Swiss watches. Uh, but they said that they cannot. Be they're not legally allowed to display this. To have that label, the watch's inner movement or engine must be produced in Switzerland. But the but the tag watch would be powered by Google's Android and Intel parts, so it would be it won't be Swiss made. It'll be made in Switzerland, right? So I think that there's like they're worried yeah. about what that says. Like that's how ridiculous this is. They're saying, oh, it can't be Swiss made. It'll be made in Switzerland, and that's the big story here. But uh, to them, but the big story to me is that they're going to get hammered and i can rem if you just picture back a number of years ago when the music industry was saying apple who cares itunes who cares we're going full steam aboard you know streaming radio who cares bang 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 dead 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 right sotheby's and ebay dead all these companies that thought that they were too big to die mm. died and apple just crushed them and watches are yeah. next and it is not in their best interest, these guys, to be sitting I'm back sweet. and saying... I'm waiting for the Quentin Tarantino movie on the death of the, uh, the watch industry. It will be done. It will be done. Here, <laughs> like, it doesn't take a genius to predict uh, that these yeah. guys are laggards, old, fat white men who sat there and said, like, oh, my watch is the greatest timepiece ever. And it's worth $100,000. It's so great. And then Apple just say, you know what? Screw you. I've added a heartbeat monitor. Boom! Dead. Watch is dead. Sorry, yeah. Steve. But you'll be able to get them for cheap. Because they will no, I know it's no good value. for me. It's yeah. good for me. It helps it helps me build a collection of, of the past. Here we go. There you go. Sorry, a little rant uh, there. But yeah, stupid old fat white guys who run these businesses think that they are above and beyond reproach and don't understand what is about to steamroll them. Why? Because they're old. Move over. Carry on. There you go. All right, our eighth story. On to a, uh, a company called Smart Focus. They have launched what the, what they're calling uh, a virtual beacon, um, and uh, you know this. I, I don't like this term. Let me just start with that. I don't like this term 
because it, it's a little bit uh, misleading what they're talking about here. So first of all, this is a AC-powered uh, multi-frequency beacon is what they're describing it is. So uh, it's not virtual at all. It's real. It's physical. Like you plug it into the wall. Um, so it's not it's not battery powered like most of the uh, the Bluetooth uh, low energy stuff that we see. Uh, they say you only need one of these um, that you can stick at the front of uh, your store or what have you, um, and that it transmits radio frequencies um, and uh, also connects with with the Wi-Fi in in the store environment if there is Wi-Fi. Um, so it blends uh, it blends these things together. The key to this is that uh, in combination with the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth, um, it, it's syncing up with the magnometer on the uh, on the smartphone uh, to give it the, the the triangulation that it needs to give it accuracy. Um, so you know, first of all, we, we've heard about magnetic solutions before. Our good friends at Indoor Atlas, we talk about them all the time. Uh, they don't re require any hardware to do what they do, um, and that's virtual. Um, I would say much more virtual than this thing where we call it virtual and we say hey but you know go buy this thing you got to plug into the into the wall and stick in, in the front of your uh, store uh, and then you know hopefully you have Wi-Fi if you don't have Wi-Fi well then it won't be so accurate and uh, if you do have Wi-Fi then we should be able to help you out and um, it, yeah this is just crap it's crap that's all I gotta say don't um, hold back Asif <laughs> smart focus crap um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I got nothing good to say about this because no. you know while it might actually be good, like useful, uh, it might actually do what it says it does. It, it's you know I hate when people come out with these marketing spins on things and say hey it's the world's first virtual beacon. It's not virtual at all. It requires hardware. It requires a power source. It requires Wi-Fi to actually give you any any kind of accuracy. So. You know, like there's nothing virtual about it. Virtual to me is like something that doesn't require you know all this stuff. Um, so don't call it that. Don't don't try and create a marketing spin on something that isn't you know isn't uh, you know isn't that cool. Sorry. Boom. Boom. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, tag and smart um, focus. Flushing yeah. the toilet. You know, and it needs an app. Yes. So. And it needs some smarts, right? So you, as the person who is administrating this, actually has to put a geofence around somewhere. We're back to that whole world. It just really seems yeah. ridiculous. And it, you, you need the, the retailer's branded app. Like, okay, so, you know, so, Andy, so that means you got to drive downloads uh, just, still. So what about all the strategies we've been talking about for the last, like, two years on the show about how everybody's moving away from that, or at least augmenting that by putting the SDK from these beacons into third-party apps right. that you already have on your phone, like yeah. Facebook and the Weather Channel and Snapchat and, you know, all these other great things. Um, it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. So it, a, it's not virtual. You know, b, it requires a lot of you know a lot of effort on the part of of these uh, you know retailers that's pulling it. C, the distribution of, of this sucks because it's only uh, you know it's only tied to the single branded app. So smart focus has no focus. It's just why don't we just? Well, I'm just you know I'm officially removing smart from their name, so they're yeah. just called focus. Yeah. There you go. And Done. Virtual beacons. Wow, two deadly stories. Hey, uh, that's, that's so good. If you're so tag great. and smart focus, I'm, you're usually the one that's poo pooing on this stuff, not me. No, I'm just I just I come with a more balanced approach to this, right? And <laughs> as, as I said at uh, retail local, I don't have a job, so I don't have to worry about pissing anybody off. I'm not going to work for tag or smart focus, so it's okay. Yeah. There you go. It's okay. I'm allowed to it's do okay. that, and I don't poo poo on all stars. All right. Just just so far, four so, to five that I covered. So, so since we've slammed the Swiss watchmakers, yes. let's, let's go to another Swiss company. Yes, this is it. One Visage. One Visage. It's a Swiss-based digital identity products developer. They unveiled what they're calling the world's first, again, the world's first 3D facial authentication product to operate on smartphones. So this is a bit, you know, this is the greatest name ever. Called the Selfie Login product. Selfie Login. I'm not making that up. The selfie login product, uh, product is basically all, all, what it's trying to do is eliminate the two-step authentication process. You know, people think that it's, you know, the process by which you authenticate that is removing or, or reducing the, uh, the uh, transaction, tra reducing transactions. 
but maybe it's just because people don't feel comfortable buying or people don't want to buy your product or it's too expensive or you don't have a mobile friendly website. It doesn't mean that you need to use facial recognition, especially a product called selfie login to be able to, uh, to do this. But, uh, you, you know, this is ultimately that they, um, they, they literally, you hold your phone up and, uh, this is how you authenticate yourself by your facial recognition. And it, this is a technology that will happen. I don't know that it'll happen quickly. And I know that there was rumors of Apple doing this with, uh, with the smartphones that allowed you to do personas on the phone based on the front facing camera that you could say, listen, it's me, Rob, using my phone. Um, and, uh, so, uh, you know, adjust the, uh, preferences to me. And then if it's one of my children using my phone, then it adjusts the preferences to them. Right. And so I think that this is, this is an interesting piece that will, will have its day, but maybe not in the way that they're, they're talking about here for transactions. Um, so one visage cited a report that showed that identity theft costs businesses, uh, $200 million per year. Now, if you think like a Steve, that sounds like a lot of money, but when you start to talk about the trillions of dollars in commerce and transactions yeah. that are happening and the billions done over mobile, um, like the hundreds of billions of dollars, like I think they're talking about 550, 600 billion dollars in transaction transactions over mobile, uh, in the next 18 months. Uh, that's a small amount of money. I'm not saying that it's not insignificant, but it is as a percentage of the amount that is transacted over these platforms. So, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a technology that I would use for, for payments, like we talked about with, uh, with Jack Ma and Alibaba. But uh, I don't think that I would uh, use a product called Selfie Login to begin with. Um, but I do believe that, that facial recognition will help. But, but again... All I need to do on this thing, and we're going to start to see this, Asif, as you know, on, on multiple phones everywhere, uh, where it, if it recognizes my phone, my thumb print, then it goes to my preferences, or it recognizes my kid's thumb print, it goes to theirs. So there's easier ways to do this at this moment. And I still think that biometrics, like I think that fingerprint scanning is still the thing that will win. And all these other guys are trying to figure out what might be next, but we still haven't adopted fingerprint yet as a, as a mechanism. And I, I don't know about you, but selfie login, man? That's a so, so I, I will I will take a slightly positive spin on this. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, slightly positive spin on this. So in in the article I read about this, there's a, a stat that they throw out there, and they're talking about what they call Generation Z. So this is this is the age group of 16 to 24. Rob and I are both well past that. Just um, like I'm 29, yeah. right? It's yeah, exactly. Past that, yeah. Um, so this is the group, by the way. This age, this is the age group that is all over Snapchat. That is yep. all over Instagram. That is, you know, the group that's taking selfies, you know, 24, 7, 365. So because that's a generation that, is, that. About, is about selfies, that is about that, you know, kind of that, that, that sort of capturing images of themselves, I can see, you know, if, if you kind of follow along with that cohort, you know, um, and, and the way that they operate today, you know, doing something like this. So from that point of view, I will, I'll say this, this is, is interesting. And obviously the name is something that resonates, you know, with that, uh, with that, you know, with that populace. So login. yeah, it's a selfie. We take selfies if you're in that age category. Um, and, and so, you know, why not use your selfie to log in kind of thing. Right. So, so I can kind of buy that. Now, this is a Swiss company we're talking about. We just talked about, you know, all the Swiss watchmakers and, and where they're, you know, uh, not going. Um, but wouldn't it be interesting if, if one of these Swiss watchmakers would team up with a, you know, a, a homegrown company here and actually just create a facial recognition off the, one of their freaking watches and, and go lock that up before Apple or somebody else moves in the space. At least make a bet on something that's here. Yeah, at least go do something. So yeah. Swiss watchmakers, we slammed you. Now go friggin' partner with go buy your, these guys. your homegrown company here, One Visage, and get it done. You know the thing. The thing that is that is uh, is interesting about about this is that uh, they don't know this. And in Alibaba's case, nobody talked about the ability to spoof this, right? So yeah. when they do three D recognition, or when they do facial recognition, or smile recognition, uh, pay with a smile. Can you actually do it with a photo, right? Or can you spoof yeah. it in any other way? And they haven't. Nobody's talked about this. So uh, and, and the other thing that's very misleading here is that um, now uh, what was his name? Remyet. Um, who is a uh, chief technology officer at One Visage. His name is Christophe Remiet. Uh, he said, and this is misleading because this is not true. Uh, today, there isn't a single week in the news where a company hasn't been a victim of criminals grabbing thousands or millions of user credentials. That is bullshit. You hear about those. You hear about them, and they are not weekly. There have been yeah. many weeks since uh, you know Target's big leak. There have been many weeks that has happened 
that probably happens once or twice a year. It's not acceptable. And there will be mm. a big bang coming when it comes to mobile. There's going to be a huge breach, and you know it. But that is misleading when they say every week there are thousands or millions of email breaches or credit card breaches that happen. That is misleading. I hate when people define their market on lies like that. So I have a challenge with, with the way that this is marketed. And I've, uh, you know, so I, I'm not, I'm not as, as focused on this because I think that there's, you know, this, as I'm doing this, you're not watching this, but I'm trying to adjust my face so that my recognition, you know, my face fits in properly yeah, to the, it's, not, it's, it's you know, not easy. It's not easy. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I you know, I travel all the time, right? Yep. I'm a, a holder of the Nexus uh, card, the global entry system for, you know, coming and going out of Canada and into yep. the U.S. and back and forth. And so every time I come home and, and I land at Pearson Airport, you know, I use the Nexus lines where you walk up to the machines, you stick your card in there, and it's doing iris uh, iris scans. Okay, yeah. that is hard. Okay, <laughs> like on you know, on its own, I'm telling you, the number of us that that sit there in this line going like this, trying to get it yep. to read our eyeballs just right, uh, it takes a little bit of effort before it actually syncs up and goes, yeah, okay, we got it. Um, it's not just a hey, boom, it's there within seconds. Um, and so this stuff will take time to evolve. So you know, I applaud the effort. Uh, I think it's interesting to uh, to do that. Um, go partner with some Swiss watchmaker and and go do something together um, to you know uh, maintain the Swiss uh, Swiss industry for a bit longer. Um, in, in all honesty, though, see, like the Swiss watchmaker should just go buy the Nimi. Right, and just buy those guys, and they integrate. Got, well, that's what they. Yeah, I mean, that's what they should be. Doing, they should right? be doing. They should somebody just be integrating. Should this, somebody should buy. You know, go 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 acquire these companies. Go right? and find something like that because what Apple's going to be coming out with the next version, uh, their next uh, phone, and I think that many companies will do this. And these are just rumors for the iPhone Seven. Is is um, fingerprint reading on the glass, right? And then that yeah. changes the world again without the button. And and they've perfected this. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not so stuck on Apple, but I'm just saying that this is this is a technology that works. These other ones are not convenient. They look ridiculous. They're not going to work. The, yeah. the thumb is subtle and it actually works. So, All right. yeah, this is story. the big facial recognition story that we should have been talking about as our big story. Maybe we won't have to talk about the big story around facial recognition because we've already just killed it to death. So, yeah. um, Asif, why don't you finish off the, the top 10 stories? <laughs> All right, we've got one last story. This is about uh, our good friends at Popeye's Chicken. Now, Rob, I know you would never put this into your body, but I chance. do. I do, Rob. I love Popeye's Chicken. Uh, especially the biscuits. The biscuits are amazing. We have Kentucky uh, up here, right? And we were driving a safe uh, just uh, yesterday. I was just at the grocery store on my way back, and, and there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I saw somebody go into Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I thought to myself, who who still eats that? Yeah. Well, I, I, every once in a while, I, I treat myself, and I go to this Popeye's Chicken because I love it. <laughs> I love the spicy stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Cajun food, spicy food eater. Um, but anyways, Popeye's Chicken's amazing, and they've launched this this new campaign called Red Stick Chicken. Uh, so it starts uh, March 30th, um, and it's the first time. By the way, Popeye's is introducing a mobile app, so they're using this as a way to uh, to drive that. It's a game uh, that exists in the app that uses facial recognition technology uh, from a company called Mython, M-I-T-H-U-N, uh, and this is called the Red Stick Stare Down. Basically, we're uh, they're getting you uh, in this game to play a game of chicken, and the idea is is they want you to stare at a virtual chicken without blinking, turning uh, your head, or scratching their face. And if you outlast the virtual chicken, you win. Uh, so it's kind of fun. I like it. It's kind of cool. I'm gonna go do it. Um, um, you know, as soon as I'm down there uh, after the 30th, I'm gonna download this thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna stare down the chicken and then hopefully I'm gonna win some free uh, Popeyes. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's just fun, right? Uh, this is the kind of stuff you want to do with facial recognition. It's fun. Um, it has a social sharing component to it. So, you know, you, you gain scores, uh, you can share via social media. You can even share via text message, which is cool. Uh, I like that they've, they've tied that in. They've got TV commercials, TV spots that are, uh, helping promote this. So they've blended their media, uh, spend around this together. Um, and uh, there you go. So you know, why not uh, stare down a chicken and get some some free Popeyes uh, stuff? So there you go. Finally, and then if you smile at the end, you can pay for it. And by the way, they, they announced this at South by Southwest. So you know, there you go. This wasn't not launched at CBIT, people. This was launched <laughs> at South by Southwest. So uh, you know, I, I this is uh, I suppose this is a, a great marketing ploy. 
Um, and I, you know, I have, I have nothing bad to say. I have nothing really good Look, to say about bro, it. You can, you can translate your tummy. <laughs> exactly. And now or you can stare down, down, down a chicken and get a biscuit. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> um, I I don't have I don't have anything bad to say about staring down a chicken, and maybe no. that is exactly what no. we should be talking about with facial recognition. Yeah. Is that it's the it's the gamification piece of this? Maybe, yeah. maybe so, so you know, good. like you know, Ambibit or Ambit, uh, you know, send us the watches. We'll get our kids to uh, to test them out and come on the show and talk about them. Yes. But, you know, at the same time, I will get my kids to stare down a chicken. <laughs> um, and uh... <laughs> I can see the marketing campaign for this is that the greatest thing is going to be the yeah. follow up video with a whole bunch of people just staring, like absolutely fixated yeah, yeah. on a screen. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing. If you've ever watched your kids watch TV, right, and or play uh, any other uh, game consoles like DS or, or Xbox, is that they have an innate ability to go for hours without blinking, it seems, oh, yeah. right? So amazing. they will win every single time. So if you want your, if you want that biscuit, stick it in front of your kids' eyes and just get them to stare. And they have an ability that is unmatched in, in we, the adults, that uh, we have to blink all the time. We will blink. Yeah, and plus, we and you know most people don't like making eye can uh, contact with humans, let alone a chicken. So that's that's uh, maybe that is the ultimate facial recognition is that uh, is to play a game of chicken with a chicken. Red stocks, red stick stare down, which is tough to say, by Popeye's chicken. Go get yourself a biscuit. Uh, I see. If I those are the top ten stories. They are great stories. They are some controversial stories. I have predicted the end of the luxury watch world. I mean, I don't wear a luxury watch. In fact, I didn't wear a watch until I started wearing uh, my uh, my digital watch, uh, and I will, uh, you, you know, continue to wear it because I found tremendous value. It. I will never, ever, ever mark my words. I will never wear a traditional watch again, ever, ever, ever. I said that a number of years ago, and I will say it again. I will never watch, wear a watch with actual hands and moving parts. Never, ever, ever again. Um, so uh, what is your thought on that? Uh, what are you thinking about the, the whole world of facial recognition? Uh, what do you think about staring down a chicken? What do you think about the space app? Reach out to us, rob at untether.tv or seif at the lbma.com. And if you are one of the companies that we have besmirched, we have badmouthed, we have destroyed, we have predicted your demise, come on to the show and defend yourself to our audience and to us. We welcome that. I mean, my mind can be swayed, yeah. man. I can be changed if you actually put a good argument together and uh, and defend your company. So reach out to us and be a part of this show. Be a part of this conversation. Defend yourself, my friends. Defend yourself. So, Asif, I don't know if we actually have to have a long conversation. I, don't, I, don't think, I think we've, we've had it. I think that we've had a long conversation. This is overdue because last week, obviously, 225, we just did a uh, South By uh, uh, and Retail Loco summary with some great guests that were part of that. So, uh, you know, our apologies for the length of the show. But I do not think that we have to go into our facial recognition. I think that we, you guys know out there how we, how we stand on this whole facial stuff. Do you agree, Asif? I do. I do. All right. So uh, should we call an end to this, our episode number 226? Let's do it. I got to tell you is that I was willing to actually, uh, just so that you know, I was willing to actually forego uh, 225 and do it this week. And Asif was like, no way, man. We have to do... We don't miss shows, We Rob. don't miss shows. So he set me straight. And that's why we did the show from uh, our, our various hotel rooms last week. And my apologies, Asif. I will never let that happen again. And my apologies to the audience who didn't know that that was happening. But that's, that was, the, I was just into the moment. And I thought, I'm gonna, we're going to do a great show. But um, I wanted to make sure that the quality was there. And it turned out well, 225. So we won't miss a show. Will mm -hmm. we, Asif? It's like one of the most shared shows yet. It, exactly. And it was so. very well received. And we thank everybody who allowed us to use the video. Now, uh, Asif has told me that there's going to be some more video that's going to be merging from, from Retail Loco. And we'll make sure to share it here along this channel as well as uh, on the LBMA's website at thelbma.com. All right. What do we say? We, we kill this. Done? Dead? Finished? Adios. All right. Should, should we do a stare down, Rob? Exactly. Just, it'll be like nine minutes of absolute, just like this. It's awkward silence. I think I just blinked. I blinked. I blinked. All right. We All right, we're good. We're going to get our kids going here. <laughs> All right, that is episode number 226. We will be back next week for episode number 227. Stick around. Send us your feedback. Until then, Asif. Safe travels to Dallas and then on to Los Angeles. For those of you who are on the road out there, for those of you who are enjoying your first week of spring or in the good weather or bad weather, enjoy it. We will see you next week on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. See you later, everybody.